to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and Casey. Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. to think about it it is right here it is right now so strange said you now i know how you doing today brandon stokely not doing too good i forgot to turn my mic on oh no bad start to the show oh my gosh bad start that is super bowl 48 Start on a Friday. Yeah, coming out the gates, just falling all over myself. Um, not ideal, not ideal. But you know what a wise man once said, Zach? Run your ass back to the huddle. Um, <laughs> that too, but it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That's right. Okay? That's and I'm taking right. that mindset today. I love it. Someone also did tell me run my ass back to the huddle. <laughs> what are you looking at your hands for? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be doing all that clapping when you uh, drop a ball. Remember pound it was your a, chest, hit your chest like that's a me, that's me. Yeah, we right, damn know it, right, you. We know it. We you know. know. Don't, stop drawing attention to it. Who is the, um, and I think I want to say his name, but I don't, I don't, uh, was it Freddie Mitchell? Was that his name, the receiver from the Eagles years ago? Freddie Mitchell, yes. That, like, he made, like, a big play in, like, the NFC Championship game, and he got up there on the podium and was like, I want to thank my hands. He, uh, he, I don't remember that, but he did make a big play in the uh, championship game. I think it was against, it was a fourth down and long against the, I think it was the Packers, maybe. Okay. Uh, something like that. But, yeah, made a huge play in that game. Because I remember in the press conference after, he's like, yeah, I want to, I want to thank my hands. And that was like a big thing. And then he dropped the huge pass in the Super Bowl. Ah. It's like, ah. Not good. Not good. Ah, you flagged it. You, you, you know what I mean? That was a big play. You made it. You'd like to thank my, oh, oh, this is the quote. I got it right here. I'd like to thank my hands for being so great. Mm. And I was like, okay. And then you go to the Super Bowl, have a big drop. And the hands let you down. Hands let you down. Um, how you doing today? Good. Friday. Friday. Doing good. You did it. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Good. Happy Friday to everyone out there. Uh, made it to the weekend. And uh, this weekend is special because it is Super Bowl weekend. The largest game in American sports. Over 100 million Americans will watch this game. And there is uh, a thought out there from the folks at Fox that this will be the, the most watched Super Bowl in the history of the game. Uh, we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that prediction ages. But uh, really looking forward to it, and we have a fun show planned for you. Going to talk uh, you know, a couple Super Bowl props, going to do some more Super Bowl trivia, um, talk about the standing of the Chiefs if they go on to win it, uh, which I know a lot of us are, are rooting against that. That's, that's for sure. Um, but before we uh, tackle all of that stuff, uh, obviously a big topic that came out of thin air was, I think it was Wednesday, where uh, the USA Today releases that article uh, about Russell Wilson's foundation and just the the sort of, j- just just more drama, you know, just more drama. And, you know, we had the author on yesterday at the top of our number two. Uh, if you missed that, our conversation with Jason Wolf, um, it's really worth your while because there's been a lot of, you know, pushback and defending of Russ online. And I think a lot of the... Um, a lot of the defense gets talked about in our conversation with Jason Wolf yesterday. We're not going to drudge everything up and reset the entire conversation, but Russell Wilson's camp has responded, Stoke. 
They have responded. Okay. Uh, Shayla Tate is um, an executive director of Why the Why Not You Foundation. Talked with uh, Mike Kliss from Nine News. And uh, she said it's disheartening that a narrow account of our work has attempted to diminish the important impact of the Why Not You Foundation has made in the lives of so many youth and families. Like many charitable organizations, a significant amount of our philanthropic impact is not reflected on our 990 form, including more than $10 million raised in collaboration with our partners who granted these funds directly to nonprofit organizations serving immediate needs, Tate said. Russell, Sierra, and the Why Not You Foundation has, have always cared more about impact than credit. Our teamwork approach has proven successful, especially in critical times. Now, also in this report, Mike says, uh, Mike Kliss says the report also questioned the report from the USA Today, also questioned the salaries of Why Not You executives and the improper classification of its staff. Tate did acknowledge the Why Not You Foundation would take steps to be in compliance with industry rules. The last quote here from Tate is, the Why Not You Foundation will continue to evolve with charitable best practices as we further our mission to positively impact communities all over the world, end quote. All right. Um, You know, I think at the beginning there, when uh, she's talking about how they raised uh, $10 million in collaboration with their partners, that's not reflected on the 990 farm, right? That doesn't show that they gave the money. It it shows that, you know, that money, someone else, is that's on their 990 farm or whatever yes. farm it is, yes. that they ended up giving that $10 million. I don't know what that looks like because the author yesterday, and it kind of says how, you know, well, Safeway has something that they're partnering up with the, the Why Not You Foundation, but they're the ones really raising the money right. at their stores. At their stores. You round up at the register. Right. And yeah. so it's really, it's not coming from the Why Not You. Which is what how they represented it on their website and right and, and everything like that. Um, so what did you make of this, her, um, her response? I, I, I don't think it undoes what the <laughs> the six-month investigation reveals. I mean, there's there's serious issues in that report from the Why Not You Foundation that they've admitted, like that they've admitted, like here they're, they're saying that we're we're going to evolve. That's a way of like we're going to adjust some stuff because we know it's not industry standard for a charity that raises one point two million dollars a year on average to pay the CEO two hundred grand. And, and and the author yesterday, I saw some of this online. It's like, hey, look at what these what look at what these directors get paid for the Red Cross and. Uh, wounded warriors, and as the author Jason Wolf yesterday said, hold on, those are one hundred million dollar charities with a lot to manage. This is a charity that raises about a million bucks a year. That's paying one of its nine directors two hundred thousand dollars. That's not normal. Nothing about this makes that normal. And the the uh, there's an admission here that's saying we're going to evolve with best practices. They're going to adjust some stuff because their house isn't in order. Yeah. Yep, um, certainly that's what it seems, and um, I don't know uh, the whole the whole thing. Obviously, is just a bad look for for Russ and um, for his charity, and that's not you. you don't want to be on in USA Today and Yahoo on all over the place with people questioning 
your your charity and what's going on there. It just uh, wasn't run properly. It wasn't. Wasn't managed properly. It wasn't. How much falls on Russell? I I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say, but uh, it's it's obviously something that um, you know is not a good look. Not not a good look at all when you're kind of portraying one thing, but that's really not what it is. Right. And that's that's part of some of our issues with with Russ the whole time is it's um, it, it looks like one thing, but it really isn't what it looks like. Right. Is it real is it, or, is it, or is this fake? Is it real? Is it real, Russ? And and, you know, this this is uh, not as real as it as it was made to be portrayed. No. And, and that's and that's ultimately after all of the reading and listening to people. This is where, like, I kind of land on it. The Why Not You Foundation misrepresented what it was doing to the degree on which it misrepresented itself. That's where we can have disagreement. But where I will not have disagreement is saying that this was 1000 percent on the up and up across every box being checked. That's not that's just not the case. Again, to which degree was it taken the other way? Well, we can, you know, have some maybe disagreement about that. But when Mark Rogers admits in the article that there is a, quote, high probability that the IRS could levy some penalties against them learning what he learned, that's kind of what I need to know. And Mike Cliss said Mark Rogers yesterday on the air with us said used the word horrified when he found out some of the details of what was under the belly of this thing. So they need to get their house in order. A little bit embarrassing. Uh, just just figure it out and fix it. That's all. And, and, and my assumption is that they will. So, yeah. Okay. Agree. Okay. The Super Bowl is two days away. If Kansas City wins, are the Broncos living in the shadow of a dynasty? That conversation's coming up next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. Happy Friday to you. Heading into a Super Bowl weekend. Really looking forward to it. Should be a fantastic game. The uh, spread on the game is tight. Uh, the way that you would hope. You know, it, we went through a stretch like in the 80s where it was a bunch of bad Super Bowls. Like a lot of lopsided, even in the early 90s, a lot, lot of lopsided Super Bowl margins. It feels like we've had some good ones here uh, in the last, you know, decade and a half, even two decades, really. Yeah, it really does. Some good games. Some really good games. It was a stretch where, like, the NFC won, like, 13 Super Bowls in a row. Something crazy like that. Um, Yeah, back in, like, yeah, the the 80s into the 90s. Until the Broncos won Super Bowl 32. It was a massive stretch of NFC, 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 going back to Super Bowl 32. So, um, okay. Super Bowl's two day, two days away. If Kansas City wins, are the Broncos living in the shadow of a dynasty? I know the um, voice of Nick Wright from Fox Sports uh, drives people a little bit crazy. There he was this morning sitting right next to Mark Schlereth saying this. 
Do the Chiefs check every box of a dynasty? Do they have arguably the best coach in football, future Hall of Famer? Sure. Do they have inarguably the best quarterback in football, future Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Do they have another all-time great at a skill position? Yep, they do. Do they have actually an underrated all-time, or not all-time, an underrated great defensive player? Sure. Have they been the team of the league for at least a half decade? Let me check. Yes, they have. <laughs> have they had a single down year? Nope. What's their best year? Winning their Super Bowl. What's their worst year? Losing in the conference championship game in overtime. That's the worst they've had. Obviously, they're a dynasty. Everyone knows they're a dynasty. And to act like if they win Sunday, it's in question. You're, you, you, you say this respectfully. I think you'd be embarrassing yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nick is Nick is a little bit extra. Okay. Be embarrassing yourself. <laughs> I might be embarrassing myself here. Oh my god, he kind of he, he he makes his own goalpost, but he does uh, make a couple good points in there yeah. that like this has been the team of the NFL for the last half decade. Uh, you go back to 2018, they lose in the conference championship game. 2019, they win the Super Bowl. 2020, they lose in the Super Bowl. 2021, they lose in the conference championship game again. I mean, this is a this is a legendary run. Is it dynastic? If they dynastic, dynastic. Did you just make that up? Mm-mm. That doesn't go. That doesn't it go. Does. It, it does. does? Really? It, does. it does. doesn't feel like it does. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I guess there's going. I don't know. Dynastic. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not buying it. But go ahead. We'll, we'll do some research on that. <laughs> if they win on Sunday, are the Chiefs a dynasty? <sighs> I, I mean, what's your definition of dynasty? Right. Uh, dynastic. What, what's your definition of that? I, for me, no. Needs to be a little bit longer. Needs to be a little bit more. Need to have um, another Super Bowl win in there. Maybe three, you know, when you're um, out of seven or eight years, something like that, to be in that kind of dynasty talk for me. Have they been a great, consistent team? Yeah. Over the last five or plus years? Yes, they, they have. But one Super Bowl win, one Super Bowl loss. Um, and if you win this one, I'm just not really – for me, no. For me, no. It's um, needs to be a little bit longer, and you need to have um, more wins, more Super Bowl wins. That's the way I view it. You can look at this thing differently. I think that's. It just kind of depends on how you view a dynasty, right? It's. It also is uh, with this case. It's like how valuable is losing in the Super Bowl, right? Because that's a big part of this argument. Like getting to the Super Bowl is very, very, very hard. There's like four or five teams that have never even appeared in a Super Bowl and have been around for decades and decades. Others have been to Super Bowls and just can't seem to win. Minnesota, Buffalo. But you got to win a third one. I think you got to win a third one. Two is just one more than one. That's correct. You ever think about that? I, I Yes, I have a lot. This would just be win. Thought about that. This would just be, this would, would just be win number two if they win it. So it's an incredible run. We actually just talked about this a few months ago. Remember who we were talking about? No. Georgia. Georgia football. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. And I think that Kansas City is kind of where Georgia is. Like, it's a legendary run. It's a great run. I'll use the Broncos as an example. In the late 90s, like, that was a legendary great run. I wouldn't call it a dynasty. No. 
Dallas Agreed. Cowboys winning three in four years, that's a dynasty. Yeah. Once you get that third title, Shaq and Kobe, three straight, that's a dynasty. Um, Golden State is actually up for debate because they bottomed out during that stretch where to the point where they literally like had the number one overall pick. Different conversation. The Bulls are a dynasty. But I don't I don't think we should use that D word just willy nilly when you win your second and you've lost a couple other chances. It's an amazing, incredible run. I'm really not trying to take away from Kansas City, but it's not a dynasty even if they win. I think I agree with you. Okay, yeah. Um, so good. We're, we're on the same page there. Needs a, yeah, and let's take a look at a, I don't know, if, um, if it needs to be a little bit longer sample size and see how this thing plays out. It could, it could uh, get to the point, like you said, where we look at it and say, yeah, dynasty. But I'm with you. Uh, we're same page here. Just, just not quite yet. And I remember having a conversation with you a couple of years ago when Patrick Mahomes was signing this contract, and yeah. we talked about how many rings would he take? How many? Right. If you right now, um, it, how many would he take? And I think our number was around. I think we put it like two and a half. Yeah. Would you go over or under that? Um, and we were saying we were saying over, right? Um, and he only has one right now. And right. It's getting late early. And it's mm. hard to do, and you've been so close. And <coughs> excuse me, uh, the one that you had was a long time ago, and that was two thousand and nineteen. So it's um, we'll see, we'll see what it looks like, but it could it could go into the conversation of man, he underachieved. What sports team? Do you think of, because I have one in my head. I'm going to write it down here. What team do you think of in sports that was legendary, had an incredible run, won a championship, but you still look at sort of unsatisfied, like, oh, my goodness, you, you, you only won one. That, that team could have won three. Oh wow! And all of I mean, can you all give, of sports? Can you just give me a. Can you help me out here? What, oh no! This is sport? just this is just what I'm thinking of. Like, because you could apply. Maybe you can think of other teams. But the team that the team that came to my mind is the '90s Atlanta Braves. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That they won a championship. That's amazing. But gosh, those teams were so good, and they were always in the mix. And it was like, man, they only won one. Really? The Chiefs could be a part of that conversation if they lose against Philly on Sunday. Yep. Uh, absolutely. So it's um, obviously winning the Super Bowl is hard. It's difficult and it's awesome. But when you've been there and like knocking on the door consistently, and if you just walk away with one, that's um, I think that's not enough. It's not, disappointing. Yeah, not 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 when you have Jordan, right? And that's who Mahomes feels like right now in the NFL. I mean, this guy is off to the best six-year start to a career that we I think we've ever seen. Like, you know, and if not, like, definitively, number one, there's no one ahead of him. He's with someone else, um, whoever you would want to uh, uh, isolate for that conversation. But this guy just won the MVP again last night in a Ronald Reagan-style landslide. Stoke, 48 of the 50 first-place votes, votes went to Pat Mahomes. So... It's um, it's what everyone else was. It was it was the rest of the AFC West experience when John Elway and the Broncos, you know, had it going. And it feels like the shoe is on the other foot here. Yeah, uh, they're on a run. Uh, there, there's no there's no debating that they are. Uh, but I think they they really need this one. 
They really need to finish this thing off. If not, you're going to start getting those questions of, right, man, y'all are underachieving, actually. You just have one Super Bowl. All those wins, all those Super Bowl appearances, all those AFC Championship game appearances, and you just have one Super Bowl win? Right. That's it? Right. Wow. Right. Then you'll start getting those kind of, you'll, you'll start, that, that talk will be there in a loud way, all off season and you know, and then and then you start having that pressure of like we got to get another one. Right, we have to. Right, the pressure will be there. And they were they were this stinking close. And I'm holding my fingers really tight together. In 2018, when they lost in the conference championship game to New England, they had that game. Brady threw that interception across the middle of the field, and there's a flag down, and it's D Ford lining up offsides, a pre-snap penalty. Oh, I know. What, it, it wasn't over the middle of the field. It was. Oh, I'm it was, sorry. It was to the right sideline to to Gronk, and it got kind of tipped up, I believe. Okay. Um, on the play that he he just lined up offsides. Just lined up offsides. Okay. We could be talking about the fourth Super Bowl appearance. Well, then you look at uh, what was that last year? You know, I mean, that was the um, to Cincinnati in overtime. overtime. Overtime in a game they were up like twenty-one to seven, and they got the ball first. Right? And they got Didn't the ball they? first. I think. And that's when I they threw the interception. So. He uh, yeah, I believe so. Because I remember it was like on the heels of what happened to Buffalo. It was like, oh, they, you know, Kansas City's winning another coin toss type thing. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah. they're going to go down and score. Right. I mean, they've been really, really close to. I mean, being in how many Super Bowls would that be in a row? I mean, I mean, that would have been that if, if New England. If you change both of those, you're talking about five Super Bowls. In, like in a row, it'd be 2018. They won it in 2019. They lost in 2020. If you're applying it last year, yeah, and this year there would have been five straight Super Bowls. That's how cl- that's how close it is. Wow, wow, I was right. Okay, the Nuggets move at the deadline is getting graded. That's next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Philly and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. We'll do our Super Bowl prediction at the end of the show. Are you uh, locked in? I'm locked in. You're locked in. Yep, I'm ready to go. All right, perfect. Love it. Get to share our favorite prop. Uh, from over the weekend, so if you want to, uh, you know, get those wheels turning in a little bit on what your favorite Super Bowl prop is. Uh, yesterday was the NBA trade deadline, and we uh, were covering it all throughout the show. Revisited it after the deadline. Uh, recorded the Mile High Hoops podcast uh, presented by our friends at Superbook Sports, available at DenverSports.com or wherever you get your podcast. About like a twenty-two minute episode that um, you can digest, reacting to the trade deadline. Do you feel um, any different? You know, we're, we're we're on the air as this stuff is going on. So sometimes your immediate first blush reaction is different than 24 hours later after you've had time to sort of digest it, maybe listen to, you know, one or two smart people that you, you know, uh, value their opinion. Um, have you moved off kind of where you were at yesterday? Absolutely not. Okay. Probably more nervous uh, about how everything's going to shake out at the end. I, I just can't ignore... Um, everything that happened and, you know, then you, then you watch the game last night and, you know, you, you take it on the chin to Orlando and I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, um, really nervous about, about how this thing's going to shake out. And, and, you know, this team, if they underachieve again with Jokic, if he wins the third MVP, it's like, okay, what is, are you going to just break this whole thing up in the offseason? What is it going to look like moving forward? Um, 
I get it. Look, you can't go out and make all kind of big splashy moves if you don't have some of the assets, if you don't have the first round picks, all of that, all, all of those things. But when other teams make moves, thought there was something the Nuggets could have figured out besides Thomas Bryant. Okay. You're um, really down on the Thomas Bryant uh, uh, move. Well, I, I mean, feel like, uh, well, I mean, how can I be really high? I get it. Needed a backup center. Okay. I mean, but I'm looking for a starter. I'm looking for, like, a starter to come in here. But which starter would you take out? Michael Porter Jr. Okay. What if What if I told you that you aren't getting going to get anything close to proper return to have that human being be a starter? Well, then, then, I'm, then once again, that's why I say, hey, look, then you just keep him. Right, right. You just keep them. So um, I get it. You know, it's it's not fantasy basketball land that they're doing over there. Um, so it's not like, oh, you know, why didn't we do this move, do that move? I, I just I'm, I'm nervous about this whole how it's shaking out. The Nuggets been playing so good, number one seed, uh, all this and that, and it's like I got my hands over my eyes and I can see this car wreck coming from a mile away. Ooh. And whether it be an injury, whether it be just a disappointing um, playoff appearance. Maybe it's because this is what um, we're used to. You're kind of conditioned. Conditioned for it, right? You know, it's like um, when you have a losing culture, you're just like, I know we're going to lose this game. I don't know how. We're just going to find a way to screw this game out. You know, up 20 late, whatever the case may be, right? That's kind of where I am right now. So, no, I haven't changed at all. I'm more nervous than where I was uh, before. Um, So I would like to, I would like to, you know, I did my best yesterday to try to like, paint the context of the whole thing. I am not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong or the, those fears aren't like, like coming from a real place. This is the greatest scoring forward of all time, joining a team that has been a bugaboo for the nuggets anyway in Phoenix. Um, they're tremendous. I like the nuggets still. But I, I, I'll say this: couple thoughts here. One, I, the more I thought about it, I actually hate the. I did not like the bones trade yesterday, at all, at all. I like it even less today. I really, I think this is going to age pretty poorly. Um, they got back nothing. They got back nothing, nothing. Two second round picks. That's nothing. You know how many second round picks were traded in the NBA yesterday? It seemed like a thousand. I mean, somebody thirty-eight. The Warriors got five of them. Yeah, thirty-eight second round picks were dealt. Hmm. It's it, it just not proper return. That 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 trade, by the way, for Denver, like you go click around like different like NBA sites that are doing grades. You're seeing grades like D, D minus. I saw from Bleacher Report today. And how can I disagree? But what it showed me is um, not only that that things had soured so bad here so quickly that the rest of the league um, they spoke about the value for Bones. You know, they 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 spoke, they spoke. Um, well, I mean, so so if they spoke, I mean, that's that's they don't think he's a very good player. Like what you know? I think they think he's a headache, and immature, and a really bad defender. And those first two things weigh just as much as the uh, the bad defense. And I, I just I I. But would, if you're a really I, good player and you got a projection of of um, you know. On the rise, and then you know teams overlook some of that. I mean, he's not that bad of a guy, right? I mean, he's that the, we know, right? It just you know you, you you said it the other day, like he's all he's cheering for his teammates, and mm-hmm. you know he's not playing and um, on the bench. I, I don't know. I, it's it, to me, it's like okay. I mean, you've seen 
teams and organizations, you know, turn the other cheek with a lot of things sure, a lot more egregious. Sure, sure. just there it is. Bam. Than than just what we're seeing from Bones. You know, if he's that good of a player and has that good of potential moving forward. Um, so I'm with you though. There uh, seem to be a, two, a, two second round picks. Two just, second round picks. Just, it's just uh, that's just it's. I mean, enough. it's literal. It's literally nothing. But apparently, there was real fracturing in that locker room. Mike Singer of the Denver Post reporting, quote, numerous veterans were frustrated with Highland in the aftermath of his decision to walk off the bench, sources said. In the weeks preceding the deadline, another veteran who spoke on condition of anonymity was not displeased and understood why Bones was being shopped. Um, if you're a veteran and you're sharing that to, to, to Mike Singer, you can be sure. If you're saying you're not displeased with them shopping him, you're saying that to a reporter. When you're saying it to your brother or your best friend, you're probably like, dude, this guy needs to get the hell out of here. So who knows how bad it really was. My assumption, it was pretty bad. And, and there's another prediction I almost have, like for Bones. If he doesn't figure it out, he's going to play for like seven different teams over the next nine years. So... And one more thought, though, on the Kevin Durant and where the Nuggets uh, stand. I heard someone uh, um, smart say this, and I, I think there's some credence to it. You may not see these Suns be like the add water and stir great team, like within, because, you know, we talked about this, the all star break comes way after the midway point. So there right. is a short runway here for all those guys to figure it out while dealing with the subtractions of two guys who play major minutes and then now trying to implement a new human being in all this, it may put more stress on the urgency for the Nuggets to win it this year. Because this offseason, they're going to get a whole, that's now a destination down there in Phoenix. And they're going to have an entire season to sort of build up to the point where the Nuggets are at now. Right. The stress of getting this done this year for Denver may have even risen here in the last 48 hours. Yeah, I like that. That's a good point. I think, um, you know, when you look at the Suns this year and <clears throat> trying to get Durant in there, and like you said, the the subtraction of a couple good players there, and what will it look like having, uh, and, you know, his better days are obviously uh, behind him, but he can still play. Having a guy like Chris Paul manning that ship yep. and running that ship and being the point uh, guard that he is, um, I think uh, really helps that transition speed along That's and maybe come together uh, quicker than um, than it would if you didn't have that type of facilitator um, running, the, running the point. I think it's a very uh, fair take and a good take. Thank you, Zach. CP3, the greatest winner who's never actually won it all. CP3 has won every, every stop because he's that general that you're referring to, yeah. but he's never actually won it big, big. So we'll see what happens here over the next couple months. It should be fascinating. The Nuggets stubbed their toe last night in Orlando, as you mentioned. Um, I what did you make of it real quick? I watched every possession. I, I don't know how Orlando's not better. That's a talented team with the rookie of the year. That team had, you know who the favorite to win it all is in the NBA? The favorite to win it all. The whole championship. Boston. Yeah, the Celtics. <laughs> you said Boston. Sorry. Like, oh, thank you. Sorry, oh, I didn't God. realize I was making noise. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that Orlando team has beat the Celtics three times already this season. Wow. They're a good team. They're a good team. They're young and they're talented and they play hard as hell. And the Nuggets didn't have it last night. Throwing the ball all over the court. I mean, just just carelessness. Careless. Um, so I was not impressed with uh, the Nuggets. But was equally impressed with Orlando at the same time. Nice. That's good to know. Okay. They're a 500 basketball team. 23 and 20. No, excuse me. 23 and 33. Yeah, 10 games under. But they're 500, yeah. I think, at home where they were last night. So 
Interesting. Yeah, there's there, there's context. Okay, another Denver Bronco reached immortality last night. He's just not going to reach it in Denver. Huh? We'll make sense of it next. Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Philly and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach. Denver Bronco reached immortality last night. And he'll be enshrined forevermore in Canton, Ohio. But he will not be immortalized here in debt. Voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It came out last night. When I say DeMarcus Ware, Brandon Stokely, you think of what? Oh, I mean, great football player, sack artist, um, Dallas Cowboy first and foremost, and then uh, coming here to, to try to win a Super Bowl and um, and and doing it and delivering with one of the greatest defenses um, of all time. How about you? Well said. And the guy that sat down with us. That was so cool, man. And we got to that was uh, so cool. interview him um, over at uh, Ruth Chris when we did a, a nice little lunch there. Uh, that was really a lot of fun. Yeah, it was called Lunch with a Legend. It was 2019, 18 or 19. Um, and it was an hour long. It was really cool, and they sold the tables, and the whole place was filled. And there we were up on a dais with DeMarcus. And I was looking at pictures of that last night. Um, one of the coolest um one of the coolest things that we've done as a show yeah, that was fun, you know, probably, you know, top, top, top 10, um, cool things that, uh, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've been able to do. Here's a picture. I'll show you of me, you and DeMarcus up on stage. Really cool. Yeah. Um, also I'll piggyback on what you said, what you think of, uh, DeMarcus Ware. I mean, he's just, he's a legend's legend. He's top 10 all time in sacks, 138 in a hook. I believe it is, um, between Richard Dent and Terrell Suggs. Uh, on the all-time list, but it was like he he represented um, like a, almost like a compass for that defense, like a true leader, and you know putting his arm around Vaughn, and you know Vaughn has talked about you know what Demarcus meant for him, and um, you know all the success that he had in Dallas, he never. He never um, got to the big dance. He never got to the show. And he, he got there in Denver, and he wins the Super Bowl and really completes his career. Um, he was on the all-decade team, and this is um, not astonishing at all that he's heading into Cannes. But he's not eligible to be immortalized in the ring of fame over there at Mile High. Do you think an exception needs to be made for DeMarcus for everything that we just kind of talked about? You don't. You, you have your institutional rules for a reason, and th- those rules are you have to play here four years. But if you're ever going to make an exception on rules that you make up yourself, it could be for DeMarcus. Yeah, it could be for anyone, really, right? Uh, but certainly a guy like that. Um, and you make up the rules, you can do it really what you want, and now you got new ownership and – so who knows what their rules will look like or what they want the rules to be in place to be in the ring of fame. I think I think no for DeMarcus, for me, you know, I just it's 
obviously a great player, but he's, he's a Cowboys ring of famer, right? That's where yes. he did the bulk of his work, and it was a, a nice run that he had here, but um, just just not enough, right? I mean, it's and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, deserves to be in, in the Cowboys ring of fame, just not here. I mean, what, what are we we're going to put in? We're going to have 5,000 people in the ring of fame. I mean, I, I just, my bar is a little bit higher, I think, than a lot of people. And everybody wants everybody to get into everything, right? <laughs> and, yes, he's a nice player. Um, and he was he was a really nice player here, really good football player here. But, you know, not not in the ring of fame. What was it, three years? Three years. Yeah, no, no just, just not long enough right here. And, and, and didn't burn bright enough while he was here as an individual. Right. So he was a part of a great team, and all those things were, were true, what we were saying, and, and of course we mean them, but his Pro Bowl days, um, well, I'll, I'll take that back. He did, it, there was two Pro Bowls uh, while he was here in Denver, 2014 and 2015, but when you look at all pros, uh, those all happened when he was uh, in Dallas, every single one of them. Uh, and he was a uh, seven-time All-Pro, either first or second team, four-time first team, three-time second team. But all seven of those All-Pros came when he had a star on his helmet and not a Bronco. Um, so, unfortunately, like, there is – I have a soft spot in my heart for him because I've just always been a fan, and we had that set sit down. And if you remember, he signed a really cool thing for my brother-in-law do you, do you remember that? I no, had a I had I a I, I had a photo of him in a Dallas uniform huh. that I had printed, and that's my brother in law's favorite player, and he like did it, you know, to Sean was just he's just the best. He's just the best. But unfortunately from a football standpoint, I have to agree with you. Yeah. It and it's it's not a knock against him. It's just the bar needs to be higher here for to be in the Broncos ring of fame. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And so, the Broncos are a different kind of franchise when the dudes up there are just all time legends. It's not a it, I don't want to disparage any other franchise because all franchises have had great players, but just not as many as in Denver. And when you're here in Denver, you can be more choosy, I think, because of the greatness that this organization right. has seen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you got rules in place, and uh, yeah, the only way you break those rules if you if you know you need to be here at least four years is you know unless it's just every year it's all pro, all pro, all pro. It's you're in the MVP ca- uh, conversation. You're you know you're leading your team to. Um, you know, multiple Super Bowls. It's got to be something special like that yeah. if your time here is just, you know, three or four years. For me, that's 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 where I, that's that's how I view the whole thing. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Uh, trivia. Do you remember where DeMarcus Ware played in college? Troy. Bingo. Uh, he's from Auburn, Alabama. Think about that. You're didn't from a town that. called Auburn in Alabama, but didn't go to Auburn or Alabama. Went to Troy. And they've had some, you look at their alumni through the years, Troy has you oh, know, yeah. pumped out some real dudes. Yep, they, they certainly they certainly have. Uh, others that are announced last night going into the Hall of Fame, Rondé Barber. What do you think of when I say Rondé Barber? Do you guys ever connect on a football field? Yeah, I mean, we competed against each other. Um, yeah, just a really good um, defensive back that, you know, that Tampa 2, and he, he, he worked in the slot 2, and um, just a, yeah, Really, really good, smart football player. One of the best brother duos to ever play, Tiki and Rondé. Certainly. Tiki's, I, uh, if, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think I am. I think Tiki's the New York Giants all-time leading rusher. And 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 your brother's going to the Hall of Fame? Well, pretty pretty amazing. 
uh, Darrell Rivas. Um, a lot of the football you ingest is from what region of the country you're in and what games are on. So, like, for me, I watched a lot of Darrell Rivas, not as much Champ Bailey, per se. Right. Darrell Rivas is the best cornerback I've ever seen, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yep, well-deserved. Rivas Island. Rivas Island. What a cool nickname. Yeah. Uh, Zach Thomas. Um, yeah, I remember Zach Thomas when he was at Texas Tech, um, mm. and we played against him. And um, in college, in college, uh, but he—I didn't play against him in college. He's a little bit older than me, I believe. And, okay, but it was uh, our quarterback Delome, and just talking about what a great player this Zach Thomas is, and then just in the NFL, undersized guy. Yep, that um, wasn't the biggest guy, but man, he had great instincts, and he was a just a great football player for a long time. Joe Thomas, another Thomas, is going to the Hall of Fame, the left tackle forever from Cleveland. When we first started doing this show. Uh, six years ago, the conversation was like, should the Broncos trade for, for Joe Thomas? Right. Yeah. And he would never leave Cleveland. He'd never he stayed leave. there. Um, he stayed there for forever. And he probably could have tried to get out of there, but he didn't. No. Right. All right. And Mark's- and my man, Reggie Wayne, didn't get in again. I'm oh. so disappointed for him. Uh, you know, you just, I don't, I don't know. I just hate this voting process. I think it's so flawed and. Uh, but he, he, you look at his stats and, you know, it's, it's a shame that he, he, you know, he's got to wait another year. I know eventually he'll get in, but, of course. but, you, but it's just, it's ridiculous, man. The, the, the whole process is it's, it's awful, awful. All right. We're off and rolling here uh, on a Friday. You made it to the weekend. It's Super Bowl weekend. We have some audio coming out of the Super Bowl from Sean Payton. That is very interesting that you're not going to want to miss. And the question that I ask is, do you think Russell Wilson knows, like knows, knows, knows what Sean Payton and Greg Penner knows? Hang tight. It's next.